0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Vitality Coach podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore, and it's a pleasure to have you back. We're in full swing again for season five of this podcast series. If you've been listening to my show recently, you'll realize that we have a new website, thevitalitycoach.com.au, all refreshed re-energized and revitalized to bring some content that is pertinent and poignant for you guys out there that are trying to lead in business and in life. One of those areas that you'll notice is the Influencer Series, and I'm very, very honored today to have a special guest on the show who I met in an island in the middle of the Pacific when he was just doing his thing. On the Motu, of course, and I'd like to introduce you to an incredible tech wizard, someone who's been involved revolutionizing the internet from the day it started in 1995. I'd like to introduce you to Raoul Ramadan, who's the co-founding partner at Playbigger Advisors. He's been CEO, entrepreneur, operating executive, and sailing technologist. Al from San Francisco, welcome.
1: Hey, Nikki, great pleasure to be with you.
0: And I know that, you know, we had a bit of a giggle before because we tried to start this podcast and I had a technical glitch of all things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'll happen. It's going to space. Remember, this whole thing's going up to space and back again.
0: Isn't it hilarious how people get so frustrated when they can't get instant access or downloads and they're on a plane or wherever. They've just got no relativity of how amazing the technology is in the first place.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I remember when I first started computer programming, we would we'd actually use punch cards. So you had to communicate with the device via ones and zeros, just like a voting booth. So yeah, it's wow. come a long way, that is for sure.
0: And I think that's a great context, not in reflection of how old you are, because you're still a very <laughs> young gun, and we're not going to bring age into this. But what I love about you is, you know, you were at the the forefront of computer and internet technology. Because with the sailing technologist thing, we mentioned that before. You co-founded Croker Sports which pioneered data-intensive sports immersion because you used to be live on the America's cup boats, and then you thought, how can we bring this sport to the masses? And then in 1995, the web hit the world. So tell us a little bit about what a sailing technologist is. I love that part of your CV.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, here's what I can tell you. You know, with sailing, someone said that it's about as interesting as watching paint dry. And but the truth is, is actually if you watch it with your eyes, it's really not that exciting. If you're unless you're really into it. But when you look at it through the data, it's incredibly powerful, and you can see when a boat goes ahead or behind. And so sort of we had an insight at that time, which was, oh my gosh, you know the data is as important as the video. And that was, of course, the basis of Quake Sports, and we applied that to many other sports, everything from motor racing to the Olympics in 2000 in Sydney. And you uh, know, it, it was it was a wonderful project. And of course, you know, that idea of merging data and video now is just rampant across every TV and an internet you know, show that you see for sport nowadays
0: so you're responsible for the armchair sportsman
1: Yep, that's right you can blame me and about <laughs> 350 other people who were part of the project
0: and then just to set the scene a little bit about your guruism, i love to throw that word at you because i know it makes you feel so uncomfortable because you're the humblest <laughs> human i know you joined macromedia which was and then adobe were most people that have a computer Know who Adobe is? So, which did some kind of turnabout and acquired Macromedia again? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that, that's right. So I had had a couple of years off after uh, Quark of Sports, and uh, I was working with an absolutely legendary pirate in the industry, a guy called Rob Burgess, and he was the CEO of Macromedia, and he asked me to come along and work there. And of course, many of you will know Macromedia from Flash and uh, and Dreamweaver and many other tools we built. And so I was working with Rob on that project, and then ultimately we sold it to Adobe back in 2005. Then I stayed on at Adobe, actually the CEO of, of Adobe, a guy called Bruce Chisholm, just a legend in the industry. And uh, I stayed on and essentially the day he resigned, I resigned. And then I stopped working full time for a couple of years. And then in 2011, I started up Play Bigger with you know, my best, my two brothers in, in life. So it's, it's been a hell of a journey.
0: And I know we're going to get onto this because I've roped you into a couple of podcast Mm -hmm. episodes together because I really want to talk about this whole balance of mind and commercial success and physical kind of sustainability when you're doing so much. I know that you love the outdoors and you sort of off the grid expeditions and that's how you kind of regenerate and get your creativity back and just switch off. But you've done some pretty cool things. You've what hiked the John Murr Trail, sailed in Sydney Hobart race. You've surfed Mavericks. Lived on a remote atolls in the Pacific and Indian Oceans, and you can often be found bombing backcountry lines around Tahoe on a splitboard. Now, I'm not sure about you, but this sounds like a some kind of game computer game to me. Your life sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, other than that, I haven't really done that much. So I have. I actually hiked the John Muir Trail in 2010. Uh, my mother died, and sort of it was my thing for myself to. Come to terms with that. She was incredibly close to me, an important person in my life. And it's a 22-day hike. It is along the spine of California, called the Sierra Nevada range. And I got to tell you, if you're in California and you haven't done that, you should be fired. It's insane. It is one of the greatest things that you can do in your life. It is. It is a remarkable journey, 350 kilometers plus or minus. And you go across the big passes of the Sierra, and you ultimately finish the trek on top of Mount Whitney, which is 14,000. 500 feet plus or minus the highest mountain or the roof of North America, as we call it. So that was that was an incredible exercise. I had friends joining me all the way along, bringing supplies in and taking stuff out. In I had six people join me. So that was a really fabulous project. That was something that helped me clear my head. And actually, the funniest thing, and this is going to sound really weird, and I'm sorry if it does, but my mother showed up a bunch of times on that trail. And it was it was just a really moving experience, and she still shows up in my life now. And so it was a way for me to figure out that connection. That yes, she's dead, but actually she's still with me. So that was cool.
0: That that's very cool. You might have just given me my, a new idea for what my challenge for 2017 is going to be. Considering I love California, so I'll have to talk to you about that after we after we finish recording the show. But I do want to give you some context. Is there anyone listening to the show right now? And anyone that follows me knows there's always a blend. Of healthy, wealthy, wise, and that wisdom extends beyond what we learn off books, but it's our connection to the world, to nature, and that there's bigger things out there. So no one listening to this will find your statement about the fact that you saw your mother and she's with you all the time. They'll all be nodding in agreement. So it's a comfortable place to talk about that stuff because that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that everyone stays connected and aware and lives a life of this true kind of this great ultimate consciousness. And and I think that brings me on to. Play Bigger. And I really want to focus today's podcast with you about Play Bigger because when we met in Nemochi, you were so goddamn excited about this book. I mean, this, the work that has gone into this, the the experience, the minds, and the way that you even wrote the book, You said that you've revolutionized the way of writing business books as well. There's just so much to talk about. But for those of you listening, Al has just gone to market with a new book called Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets. And I just love this. I first heard about it from you, Al, when you said we help those that are already successful in venture capital, already established, take their businesses to the next level, to the ultimate transcendence. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Here's, here's what I'd say about the book. We, First of all, we have a lot of interest in what we do. It's a discipline called category design. It's a new thing, um, just like product design, company design, industrial design, experience design. All of these design methodologies have appeared over the course of the last 20 or 30 years. Category design is another one of those. And what happened was, Nicky, we, we were asked by people to do projects and we just couldn't do them. And it was a bummer because we were too busy. And so we all thought collectively, I think, the right thing to do is to try and get this discipline articulated in the form of a book. We had no idea at the time that it was going to be quite the project that it was. And as Hollis Heimbach, who's our legendary publisher for HarperCollins in New York, said, you know, it's not very often we choose authors who, where there's four of them. It's a really unusual scenario. But it, it worked. And it worked because we were great friends, Chris, myself, and Chris Lockhead, Dave Peterson, and myself have known each other because we're the founders of Playbigger, and uh, we brought in a, a guy called Kevin Maney, who I'd known for many years. Legendary author, uh, wrote the definitive guide to IBM and many other great books, and he just clicked. And so the four of us went away and we spent sort of nine months working on this project. I guess think of it as, you know, sort of public, you know, creating a creating an album back in the old days for music where the band would just disappear for a period of time and we'd start jamming. And, and that's how it is. And we're very proud of the book. It's it actually today, believe it or not, got selected as one of the top five business books here in the United States in leadership and strategy category, which we're very proud of. And, you know, it was one of those events and and projects in life where you look back and think, oh my gosh, you know, we really did something. And you can hold a piece of chunk of a book in your hand and sort of say, yeah, here it is. It's all written down. So...
0: And I noticed that there's some really fantastic praise that you've got. So for example, you know, Salesforce CEO was like, he said, every entrepreneur looking to alter the landscape and every CEO looking to reimagine their business can learn from this book. I mean, that's a pretty fantastic accolade. Because this is not yeah. just about software, this is about visionary leadership and building sustainable businesses.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's coming from Mark Benioff, who we believe is one of the great legendary leaders of our time. Yes. Along with, you know, Steve Jobs and and some of the others, he's just he's just revolutionised our world. Mark Zuckerberg, of course, and Jeff Bezos from Amazon. These are these are people we really look up to. We talk about them a lot in the book, and we actually interviewed most of them to get sort of their perspective on this new discipline. And yes, with the other thing it's done is it's really connected us to the VC community and to the entrepreneurs. I just got back from speaking at a, at an event right now, and you know, bunches of entrepreneurs come up and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, thank you for doing this." And so, the cool thing about it is, in in a funny way, it's kind of distilling our life's experiences, putting it into a package and giving it to somebody to read for $15.95. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing to put back into the world.
0: So let's chat a little bit about, you open up this book and you get a framework. And that's what, I mean, you and I very much, we like talking frameworks. We like to give structure and a bit of a roadmap for people. And you're saying we're going to give businesses a roadmap. We're going to put our collective skills, experience, and intellect into these pages. And from that, people can use it as a bit of a workbook. It's not just an inspirational read. It's a how-to guide.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We wanted it to be something that you would use every day. doggy it sitting on your desk and you'd turn to it every time you sort of had a thought on how you should be applying this. And it is a discipline, it's, i.e. it's a process is another way to say that. And it's called category design. And I think chapters four through nine take you through all of the steps that you need to do And we have already, actually, we're about to do the London launch, and there's a group of people in the UK who are now taking category design as a discipline, and they'll be there on presenting their thoughts on how to adapt it for the UK marketplace. So let's
0: let's just talk about a little bit about category design and the difference between investments and innovation, because at the end of the day, this is always the tipping point when businesses start to grow, and if you're listening to this, whether you're an entrepreneur or an established company, the, the formula that you guys have put together is... It doesn't help if you've just got innovation if you don't have the investment and the commercial strategy to back it up, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and the way we we call it the magic triangle, and it's about having – Great product or product design, great company, company design, business models, go-to-market, as well as great category design. That is how you are positioned in the mind of the marketplace. And what we see in Silicon Valley in particular is a lot of entrepreneurs go out saying, you know, i got the best carbon ingulator. It's the fastest carbon ingulator. It's the best product in the world. And they, they think that if they scream that loud enough that people will buy it. And the answer is they won't because there's no context for why they would want that carbon ingulator. Yeah. And so part of the point is, is you have to have this triangle, not only do you have to have a great product, because of course you have to have that, not only do you have to get your company set up so that you can actually deliver that product and the service and, and everything else behind it, but you have to have a category that makes sense to these people. And one of the examples I love to use is this, Nikki, which is if you come to San Francisco and you say to me, hey, Al, I want to go to Lake Tahoe and hang out with you up there and go skiing, what sort of car should I get? Generally, what I would say to you is an SUV. And when you think about it, an SUV is a category. It's not, I haven't even told you which product to go yet, yep. right? So that's the whole point is our brains need these containers called categories to organize all of the different products in the world. And if you walk into a supermarket, for example, and you look up above the aisles, what do you think they are? It's, it's got the name, it's all the categories of things, breakfast cereals, soaps, and so on and so yep. forth. So that's kind of the, the secret here is, is that you need to design the category at the same time as your product and company.
0: So I just want to like take a little sidestep from that. One of the things that I've been reading about recently is the fact that don't always fit into everybody else's categories. And the one wonderful thing about Silicon Valley and everything else is creating something before the market even knows where to put it. And that's often the challenge of innovative minds is that they have an idea that doesn't fit in a box yet. So you're challenging people to create the category even because, you know, there wasn't even an SUV category years ago. There wasn't even a whatever. So there's all these new categories coming out and being created. And we need to encourage more people to think about a solid category, not just trying to fit in everyone else's box.
1: That's right. That's right. And if you think about it, there's a wonderful story about the founder of Five Hour Energy. They're those little energy drinks that you can get. And the cool thing that he did there was he didn't say it was an energy drink. He just didn't say that. And in fact, if you go to buy one of these things, it's not in the energy drinks, it's in the point of sale. It's right up next to cash register. And so he called it an energy shop. Now, it turns out that, and his his insight was simply that at three o'clock, I'm feeling kind of tired and whatever else. I don't need to drink a whole can of yuck. It doesn't mean I'm thirsty. It just means I'm tired. And so I need something to pick me up. And so the whole energy shot revolution happened. Of course, it's a multi-billion dollar success right now. And that's a classic case of someone that's got nothing to do with technology. That's a consumer product. That individual, the founder actually had a vision for the solution, i.e. the energy shot, and then created a category that wasn't what Red Bull and all of these other drinks are.
0: So on that note, let's say people have that brain wave and they're tapped into something. How do they actually bounce that idea of something? I always call it finding your dream team. So having people around you where you can take this idea and confidence to and bounce it off mastermind group. I have a mastermind group. So what do we tell people that are listening right now that are actually innovators or do want to do something different, but get hamstrung by what society tells them? And I did this on the Vitality Daily Edit yesterday. We need to allow people to shine, even if we think their idea is crazy. So what would your one piece of advice be to someone that is trying to do something outside the box and they don't know where to go with that?
1: Yeah, first of all, the crazier the better. Just FYI. <laughs>
0: that's why we in get on idea. so
1: well. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the reality is, if you look back at some of these innovations and some of these products, people thought they were crazy too. I mean, uh, Clarence Ernst, uh, Birdseye in 1920 said that he was going to create flash frozen food, and people said, You're nuts. You'll never make it happen. And today we walk down, quote, a frozen food aisle. So the crazier the better here. I don't know what Australia's like so much for this. One of the reasons that I that I ended up in America was I found that there was an incredible ecosystem around entrepreneurs and founders that allowed them to do exactly what you said, which is to present their ideas, get critiqued, and then sort of develop the product and and go on to build the company in the category at the same time. And so I'm sure that ecosystem is is developing. I can't wait to get down there in in March and actually see everybody in the in the startup and VC community down there. But I would plug into that community. That's the community I feel most naturally plugged into. And and it's not like it's a, a simple exercise either, Nikki. I think no, people no, think, oh my gosh, I got a dream, I've got this idea, let's rock and roll. I had to pitch to 20 different VCs the idea of Crocker before one of them even returned my returned anything after the meeting. And yeah. so that's part of the gauntlet that you have to run as one of these crazy entrepreneurs. And, and it's also part of the whole process because every time you meet somebody, they critique it, say that's dumb or this is silly or whatever you thought about this. That just improves the way you think about this. And so if you've got it in your head, we call it a founding insight. That's part of our book. It's the fundamental thing that has to happen before anything else can happen. You've got to see a problem, whether it's a market problem or a technology problem, and then you've got to get after it and try and solve it. And
0: that's fantastic. And, you know, we've got listeners in 80 countries at the moment. So hello, everyone. Also, I'm always very humbled that when new countries sign on to listen to my show, I get goosebumps because the, the ripple effect of sound clear, uncluttered device advice right now is so powerful, Al, like what you're telling people and how we speak. And the fact everything from today, guys, will be on the show notes of vitalitycoach.com.au. All you have to do is go on and search Al, Al's name. If you can't find the podcast episode, we'll provide everything, show notes, links. I'm also going to provide links to the books, little nuggets of information about the topics we've just spoken about, and where can we find Play Bigger? Because I know everyone wants me to stop talking so they can rush out and get their hands on this fantastic advice wrapped up in some pages.
1: <laughs> yeah, Well, the audiobook's been very popular. That's one way you can do it. It's all available on Amazon.com and the parts of the world. It'll be start with Amazon. If you can't find it there, you'll find it somebody someone else in the bookstores. The audiobook's been really cool for young people like you, Nikki, who like to be able to... Young uh, people, listen,
0: I love listen, it.
1: <laughs> Think, listen to stuff while you're driving or whatever else. That is a paper edition, of course. We'll be there in March next year to launch the book. So uh, yeah, I'm looking, if your I'm listeners looking are around, come.
0: So you're doing London. So for our international listeners, where you're do I'll just direct them to the Play Bigger website page, Al. I know that you're a Monash University alumni and you'll be doing an interview and panel there when you come over to Australia. You've got your London launch just happening. So I'll make sure, listeners, that I get a lot of the information of where you can find Al and the ripple effect that he's creating and his team from Play Bigger, how pirates, dreamers, innovators create and dominate markets. Love that. Al, you are just a superstar for making time. I can't wait to catch up with you and surf a few swimming pool waves or lefts in March before we do your book launch. And just a parting piece of advice for anyone that feels that that door just doesn't open for them. Like, you know, I just, I always believe that we should keep on going and refine, refine, refine your one piece of advice from someone who's been a master in the industry for so long to anyone starting up, especially in tech worldwide. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say that the thing that's most missing in the world is these insights. Someone sees a problem, whatever it might be, you know, the guys at Uber, Thought it was, you know, standing on the corner trying to hail a cab was a dumb idea. And they created this whole new thing. They had this founding insight. And so my advice to everyone is, is listen to your gut. And if you really feel like you have identified a problem and you've got a solution or an idea for the solution, get out there and do it. There's nothing stopping you from doing that.
0: Fantastic. Oh, and you know what? I love that. And on the end note of that team for all of you listening in and this whole influencer series those people that create great changes are usually observing what's going around them. They're connected to the world. They're watching other things. They're usually people that have a link between activities, people around them, the products around them, and be that person as well. Don't be on autopilot because if you're going to be on autopilot, you're going to keep getting what's coming your way. If you want to change and redesign your business and your life, you're going to have to actually come up with a game plan that makes sense. So our Thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. I can't wait to meet your team (laughs) in March in Australia as well. I'll put all the links to the show notes on the vitalitycoach.com.au forward slash podcast. It's also available on iTunes. Everything's free. We want to share the insights, the wisdom and the intellect to help you play bigger and to design the business and the life you want. Thank you for tuning into the Vitality Coach podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore, and stay tuned for how you can leave feedback, ask us some questions, and follow up for the up-and-coming episodes. Thanks for tuning in. For all the show notes from this episode, tips, tools, and also my e-books, hop online to www.thevitalitycoach.com.au. As always, health and happiness.